Welcome to The Fully Lived Life, a podcast for those who are longing to pursue the full life and want to break free from anything that holds them back. Listen in as two friends, a psychologist, Dr. Mary, and a life coach, Jillian, talk about life, love, and purpose through the lens of faith, science, psychology, and life experiences. Oh, Mary, 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 I'm looking forward to this episode a lot. Yes. And I do have a little success story to go along with. Oh, well, let me hear. Well, we talked about this a little bit in our previous episode about packing. Yes. I managed to really do a good job. Oh. Carry on. I got to tell you, I'm so proud of myself. Yeah. It included a pair of boots. Yeah. A pair of dress boots. Yes. And my sneakers. That's three pairs of footwear in a carry-on bag. Carry-on. Just telling you how proud I am of myself because this has never happened in my life okay. before. And the only thing I came home with that I hadn't worn was a t-shirt. Wow. Talk was, about planning and organizing. This is from self-sabotage where I overpack <laughs> and I have to I have to constantly be I have to be constantly weighing my bag. Yes. Because there's no more room. I'm over the 50 pounds. I think you need to do a TikTok video of no. how you did this. No, because other people have done it and I leaned into them. In fact, I okay. watched Jeannie Becker, yeah. Canadian fashion icon. Uh, if you don't follow her on Instagram, she's so hope-filled. She's gone through a cancer journey. Journey. She came back from France and she'd only taken carry-on. And she was like the master planner of the... So watch her TikTok. Okay. All right. Because I learned from her. You know, good for you. I'm so proud of myself. You should be proud of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be milking that story for a while. Okay. You do that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll see how you pack next time around. I know. Uh, I am very curious. I am going to examine your bag very closely. So uh, this week, we're going to talk about, as we mentioned, self-sabotage. So from self-sabotage to self-mastery. And as my brain works, it was triggered by uh, a book that, uh, and I've got to be honest, I didn't actually read the book. (laughs) (laughs) I, well, I uh, read the title. And also, you know those apps where you can get this short summary of the book? Yeah. So I had read the short summary. So I'm not saying that this book is great because I don't know. Right. But her ideas are really great. But sometimes it's just a thought capture that gets you and starts you thinking on a line and starts a trajectory. That's that's right. So So, the the book is called The Mountain Is You. <laughs> Transforming self sabotage into self mastery. And it's by Brianna Weist or Weist. I'm not exactly sure it's spelled W I E S T. Uh, and if you like the idea of the book, then maybe you can go and pick it up and let me know how it is. Okay. But the title of the book, The Mountain Is You, did it ever hit me between the solar plexus? Like I'm the one getting in the way of my best self and my best life? No, it's everybody else's fault. Of course it is, because we like to play the victim. Of course. <laughs> Playing the victim is the best oh, role that you please. can have in life. Can I stay there forever? <laughs> it's other people, it's life, it's even God. Sure. Yeah, but the mountain is me. Oi. Oi. Yeah. I don't like that. I know. But well, it, I can see how, like, I can see it. I can see where I'm my own mountain. Yeah. I'm Mount Mush- Rushmore. <laughs> well, you can see my mountain probably pretty yes. clearly. Yes. 
I'm Mount Rushmore. I have all these different faces of myself <laughs> on the front. There you go. I just keep creating new ones. There you go. And, you know, and you call it art. Yeah. But the mountain is you. And, you know, I, I guess in a twisted way, it's actually good news because hopefully it means that I can actually do something about it. Right. That I have, have some control over my life. Because it sounds like, although she's getting your attention by calling the mountain is you, she is talking about transforming self-sabotage. So I'm good with that. Right. Yeah. So um, I'm I'm just going to riff off the title okay. and just some basic thoughts that I managed to pick up on because, you know, like I said, that's how my brain works. All right. So I think we all like to think we would make the best decisions for ourselves. And if we can't do something or something goes wrong, there's an external reason for it. Yes. There's like somebody else messed up or hurt me or stopped me or something got in the way. Right. And in some ways, there's some legitimacy to it, because I do believe we co-create reality in that my internal reacts to the external, the external affects my internal. I get that. Sure. But a lot of times there really is something in our unconscious that steps in when we feel afraid or um, have an unmet need or some emotion gets triggered. So... <laughs> Here's an example. How many times have you told us that you self-soothe by eating those humongous servings of onion rings? Oh, I'm thinking about those onion rings right now. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I didn't mean to trigger that. <laughs> <laughs> but when you have a tough day, yeah. you just feel this craving, even though you have a goal to get healthier and not be eating so much junk. But somehow you self-sabotage yourself by... Having the onion rings. I know. And even as I'm going through the drive-thru to get them, I'm like... Yeah. Well... I could get home in 10 minutes and make myself, like, something yeah. to eat. Well, but I know why I'm doing this. You're doing it. And you feel like crap afterwards. No, I feel pretty to... good. Okay. I, the well, mold vinegar stays with me for a long okay, time. Okay, there you like, go. Oh, okay. Yeah. So then this is the problem. Like, I'll give you an example from my life. Okay. Is if I have something I have to do in front of me, like, I have to get some writing done. I will binge Netflix. I will procrastinate. And, you know, I tell myself, I worked hard today. I need a break. My brain just mush right now. And there's always these reasons. Well, we can always find reasons to, like, what's the word I'm looking for? To soothe ourselves. Yeah. Right? We, it's, what, what's the word I'm looking for, Mary? Because you know my brain is like... Well, um, rationalize. That's rationalize. It. Okay. Yeah, like we can always rationalize our comfort zone, our lack of action. Yeah. We can always do that. Yeah. Well, if we reframe self sabotage as a coping mechanism, mm -hmm. then that, first of all, gives me a sense of grace and compassion that there is something going on. Yeah. But if I pay attention to myself, every time I self-sabotage, is there an unmet need or an emotion that's being neglected? Is there something happening in my soul sure. that I re requires my attention? So self-sabotage is this coping mechanism that protects us and soothes us from the discomfort that we would feel. Yeah, because it is like, it is like taking you know, an onion ring and eating it. It feels really good. Yeah. At the time. Yeah. But if it's, you know, you're you're shopping online or you're you know, you're doing retail therapy or whatever it might be mm -hmm. to soothe yourself. Yeah. What's really behind it. What's really behind because it. Because you are sabotaging your finances. Yes. You know, your space. You yeah. are you are creating a little bit of chaos there. Yeah. 
or you more. Or more. And it does provide temporary relief. It does. So it feels like it's fulfilling your need, but it's not really. It's just like a Band-Aid, feel okay. You're getting that little hit of dopamine or something good in your brain. and But yeah, at the end of the day, it, it actually causes you more heartache or problems or health issues or whatever it might be. Yeah, and going back to our previous Mm-hmm. Um, our previous episode, how are we really living this life of heft and zest? Yeah. If we're doing these things on a habitual level. Yeah. Like the odd shopping trip is not a big deal. The mm-hmm. odd onion ring is not a bad deal. But when it becomes part of our coping mechanisms. Right. It is a way of numbing ourselves yeah. from our pain. And we talked about last episode that Barbara Brown Taylor talks about how pain is absolutely a part of life, but it's even more essential to living a life of heft and zest. That's right. Right? Because we are pushing outside of our comfort zone and we are doing hard things and we are growing. So self-sabotage, we can understand why it's there. So if you are recognizing patterns of self-sabotage in your life, like, first of all, give yourself grace. Yep. And then second of all, begin to analyze what is going on? Like, why are you self-sabotaging yourself? What fears are there? What unmet needs? Mm-hmm. What What's going on? What are you protecting yourself from? So let's say a fear of failure. So you self-sabotage yeah. yourself so that you don't have to face the fact that maybe you'll really suck at that thing that you want right. to do. Right. So Or disappointing others. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a big one for me. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, if I, if I start another diet, mm. you know, and I've failed it. X number of them, what's everyone going to think? Oh, there she goes again. There she goes again. There she goes again. She just hit the new fad, whatever. Yeah, so um, the author of the book, Brianna uh, Weister-Weist, she does mention that there are several shapes of self-sabotage. And so there's perfectionism. Mm -hmm. It's a big one because it protects us from failing. Yep. Because it protects us from trying new things. So if I can't do things perfectly, I'm not going to try it. Yep. So I will perfect the things that I do and let the other stuff go. Or what about this one? She calls it uprooting. Okay. It protects you from facing the real problems in your life (laughs) by diverting your attention to the next relationship, next job, next home, or whatever next project you just started. So you don't invest or persevere or persist in whatever the situation is, because as soon as you feel pain, you uproot yourself and you move on to the next thing. Right. But what about the opposite of that? Where you know you should leave yes. that project behind. Yes. You know you should leave that relationship behind. Right. And you don't. Right. You don't uproot the toxicity of something well, that's, and move on. Well, that's her third one, which oh. is pride. Oh. Because pride is, uh, I'm too ashamed of what people think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't want to end that bad relationship. Or um, I don't want to admit that uh, I'm not going to be successful in something. Right. So pride protects us from judgment by keeping us in situations that no longer work. Oh. Uh. Gee. Right? Yeah. So what else? What other ways do you think we can self-sabotage? She's just, you know, these are the ones that she gave. I, I can think of lots of other ways. Yeah, I'm just looking at this list that she gives, and I'm thinking about um, the... It's not so much 
the fear of doing something perfectly. It's almost like um, the fear of being a beginner at something. Hmm. Tell me more. Um, you know, when you're a beginner, you're a le- you're just learning something. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I. You know, I, I love to watch when people are learning to ski because yeah. it really it's funny. It's very funny. <laughs> yes. I mean, half my you know my feeds yes are lit up with ski fails, right? Yeah. But there's something about it that's funny. But there's also this, like, it takes a lot of effort to learn something new. We also and don't want to look stupid. We don't want to look stupid, and we. So I was listening to a woman yesterday. She went. Uh, she went to a skate park when she was 40, and her kids were having fun. Her husband's having fun, and she's sitting on the sidelines. Oh, that's sad. And finally, and she's in a sorry. Finally, she goes, the heck with this. Yeah. I'm going to try this. Yeah. So she, in her sorry, gets on a skateboard. Wow. And she falls. Wow. And, of course, you know, she thinks, oh, well, nope, gets up again and again and again. And she said, here was this brown family mm-hmm. at the predominantly white skateboard, and here's this 40-year-old woman in a sari yes. skateboarding. What was everybody thinking? Yeah. And then a woman came over to her and said to her, you're like my hero. Wow. Because I've been sitting on the sidelines watching my kids, wondering if I could do this. Yeah. And I'm watching you try and fail and try and fall and all these things. And she goes, I'd like to do this. Maybe amazing. We, like, isn't that amazing? Wow. But see, we can see that in other people. I know. Because we're not feeling the pain of the embarrassment and the failure, right? Right. But like that other woman said, it can be an inspiration if we see other people doing it. It is an inspiration when we see other people doing it. Yeah. So I'm just thinking like that idea of being a beginner at something. Yeah. I, is yeah. there something that you really want to do? It doesn't matter if about perfection. Forget right. about perfection. Right. Mm-hmm. But being a beginner at something, especially the older you get, being a beginner feels really awkward. It does. And scary. Yeah. Like when you started dragon boating. Yeah. You were a beginner. Yeah. How did that feel? Um, Well, they put the beginners at the back. Uh, So on the one hand, most people aren't seeing you. But the coach is behind you. And the coach was correcting me a lot and would call me by name. Oh, gee. <laughs> <laughs> but I had already gone into it with the thinking that I really want to learn how to do this. Okay. So I prepared myself. Yep. Um, uh, you know, Peter joined also. He prepared himself by watching YouTube videos of how to do <laughs> it. I don't know if it helped him because he was still doing it wrong. <laughs> but it was kind of like, I think that I'm okay with that kind of stuff. I'll tell you one of the ways I self-sabotage. I call it all my eggs in one basket. Oh, <laughs> I had to come up with a name for it. <laughs> so this is when I decide that I'm going to pursue a particular opportunity. And I decide that things in my life have to go this one way. And I'm totally fully committed to it. Because when I risk, I risk big. I know you do. <laughs> and I am committed. I refuse to listen to any red flags, wise advice. And I absolutely expect God to answer my prayers according to that way. Well, first of all, you are kind of a big deal and a big expert. So when you decide something, you are like the expert in the room. Well, <laughs> I can fake my way through it. <laughs> See, see that, that that's the whole key. You speak self-confidently and people think you know what you're talking about. When, first of all, uh, it's new to me too. 
And I, I have this whole vision of the way things are because I am somebody who does tend to plan and vision and, and, and it gets very exciting when I do that. I love doing that. Anyway. And she's got her hands on her hips, which scares me. I know. There's always I know. something coming. But <laughs> the problem is, why don't they th- things go my way? <laughs> <laughs> like the number of times I have all my eggs in one basket I have planned it. I have orchestrated it. I've told God how it should be. Right. I've told my friends. Yes. There are billboards along the 401. Exactly. And then when (laughs) it doesn't go that way, I blame God and I tell myself, well, maybe he just didn't open that door because obviously he didn't want me to go through that door. Oh, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. Like, see that? That just makes me want to barf. I know. So then, (laughs) but then... The self-sabotage part of it, I go into the, oh, well, God obviously didn't want that to happen. And then I actually feel relief because then I don't have to do that big thing. But then you're using God as this big excuse of why, like, see, this is the view of God that's warped. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'll give you a very concrete example, which is still really fresh to me. So um, you know that I wrote my book. Uh, that was 10 years ago. Wow. And I struggled in that time to try to figure out another book to write. And then I kind of went, I'm a one book wonder and God hasn't opened the door. So therefore, and um, I came up with an idea of another book I wanted to write. Mm -hmm. Um, I even have an agent, the whole kind of thing. But I had it in my mind. It had to go a certain way. Right. And it didn't. So then when it didn't go that way, there was a part of me that... At this point, with self-sabotage, I'm so good at it, I don't even know I'm self-sabotaging. <laughs> I was actually saying to myself, good, I don't have to write that book. Oh. God clearly isn't opening the book, so I don't have to write the book. Right. Because it is a lot of hard work. I mean, having gone through it once again, it's a lot of hard work. Well, God being God, he likes to surprise me. Uh, I just got a publishing deal. <laughs> and so then there's a part of me that's like, crap, I have to write the book. People are asking me, how do you feel? Aren't you excited? I'm like, um, yeah, now I have to write this thing. <laughs> so that's the thing. So my, But then you faked it too, because I even asked that question. Yeah. And you're like, oh, it's no, it's no big deal for me. I know. Uh, I can I'm write. Such a, I'm such a, I'm such a <laughs> phony. <sighs> and yes. uh, my biggest worry was, am I ever going to see you again? Or well, are you going to be like locked in some kind of, Writer's retreat, head down, writing no, away? No, I won't because I don't write that way. But I have to finish this book in three months, <laughs> which is not how I plan things to be. But like my, my point being, I'm digressing with this. Uh, my, my point being that I had put it into this, my eggs in one basket that right. it was supposed to look A, B, and C. And when it didn't come out that way, that was the excuse for me not to even try. right. And God was like, oh, I'm going to open that door for you because I'm going to make you have to do this hard work that you're scared of doing. Because I am afraid of failure. Mm-hmm. I am afraid, like, the publisher is going to want me to be selling books. Can I? Yes. Uh, it's so all the what-ifs. All the what-ifs. There's a lot of fear around it. So that would be uh, an example of a self-sabotage and it sounds so good too because I can make it sound really good I'm very good at at creating this whole this narrative in my brain that it's not actually self-sabotage you know and the idea is the idea for me that life has to be this linear chart that if it doesn't go this way it's not a successful life 
Like, what if you had only written one book? Yeah. Would that not be successful? Like, of course it would be successful. Uh, I had to work through some stuff to get to that place. But for our listeners that are like, it has to be this way. Yeah. Or it's a failure. Right. Oh, that just uh, that just hurts me. Like, yeah. it does because I think then what does this heft and zesty life look like mm. if it doesn't? Because nobody's life goes according to plan. Oh my gosh, definitely not. So how do we move on from like as you say, self sabotage to self mastery to this life that has heft and zest to it? If we are so locked into these linear eggs in one basket thinking, I know. It's true. No, I mean, as I was reading this and thinking about what I was going through, like it really is convicting for yeah. sure. And, uh, you know, I've I've lived a life of having taken risks and I've had egg all over my face as a result. And I think it's made me more afraid in some weird way, even though I'm more mature as well. Right. But I'm more aware of my fear. And I'm, I call it being wiser, but I think I've become more cautious as yes. a result too. So going back to that comfort, yeah. right? going back to, I know that I could end up with egg on my face. Yeah. And that wasn't a fun place to be. No. But I did it. Right. And I survived it. Yeah. And here I am writing another book. Yeah. So I have resilience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. I mean, I, I think the... Which is what we always preach. That's what we preach. And I, so I would say my emotions are mixed in that I do feel some excitement, but it is mixed with that, oh, now I have to do this thing. Yes. And you can have mixed emotions about things and still, like... These longings, I think, always, our longings always come with mixed emotions. Yeah. They're right. not, they're not, you know, this high burning passion all the time. Yeah. They come with mixed emotions. I think so. I think if we're being honest with ourselves. So um, here are some ways to tell if you are stuck in a spiral of okay. self sabotage. So if you care more about appearing happy yep. than actually being happy, like your Instagram page of appearing happy is more important than actually being happy. Right. Or if you're more scared of your feelings than you are of anything else. Ooh. Or if you're waiting, did you want to make a comment about yeah, that? Yeah, because I've been stuck on this thought a lot. You know, I've been looking at feelings as data in my life. Data. Just data. Huh. I like if some if I get a strong feeling, I'm like okay, what's the data here? Mm-hmm. It's I've got this strong feeling. Yeah, what's the data? Right. And as soon as I start to look at it as data, mm-hmm. that my feelings are trying to tell me something, mm-hmm. then I look below the feelings and mm-hmm. I can pay attention to that. That is fabulous. Where when I get locked in the feeling, yeah, then it it goes into a spiral. Right. Yeah. So I'm just encouraging you, like when you start to feel these the egg on your face stuff, mm-hmm. what's the data behind it and what's true and what's not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, mean, I could tell you already yeah. some of those thoughts too is, you know, just this, my sense of worth in appearing uh, successful. I mean, you mentioned this, uh, you know, even with all that I know uh, in a room, it, people have a certain expectation of me. Yep. To know what I'm talking about. Yes. To be able to give good, sage advice. And often people forget that I'm human as well. True. And I have insecurities and fears and I don't know. So when I put stuff out that's in publication, then 
there's an expectation of myself that's unrealistic, that somehow every single word out of my mouth is going to be perfect and right and exact. And I'm going to have to like find all sorts of like sources to verify. Cause this is a book that I'm going to write from my heart about right. what I actually believe and how I want to live my life. Right. But then I feel like I have to go and get a zillion quotes from different other authors to, to validate what I have to say. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So there's that, that the security of like and validating your authorship, yeah, like yeah, like can I, like, I have to validate that I'm a worthy author. Yeah, exactly. Which is not true. Yeah, so like lots of insecurities are getting poked here. Yeah. But I love what you said. If I feel those feels to regard it as data that I can look at and go, what's going on underneath? Yeah. And do I need encouragement? Do I need to? Um, you know, get a hug from a friend? Do I need to remind myself of this or that? Do I need to spend time in prayer? I mean, there are yeah. things that I can do or do I just accept that that's part of being human? Like, that's right. That's living life with zest and heft is embracing the fact that I am going to be going through some pain as a result of doing something that's hard to do. That's right. And there's going to be, a, a part of that growth is going to be painful mm-hmm. and that's okay. Right. So how, how about this? This one is a biggie. Okay. So here's another way of telling that you're stuck in a a spiral of self-sabotage. What if you're waiting for someone else to lift you out of your current situation and into a better one, including God? So you sit stuck because somebody has to come along and lift you up, either because God sent them or... So like, say you're single and you're not happy. Right. And it's when you find that partner that somehow that person's going to lift you out of. And so you sit at home waiting because God's surely going to send that. And so like it's spiritualizing our passivity and fear and saying we're praying and waiting for God. Yeah. So how does that sit with you? Like, Well, that makes me feel sick. Yeah. Why is that? I, I just, well, because I've, I've seen areas of my life where that's true, hmm. where, you know, it's easy to sit back and go, well... You know, if only. Mm-hmm. Like, or you're expecting the other person to change uh, in yes. the relationship so yes. that it can be healthier or whatever. Um, and this happens in marriages all the time, all right? All the time. We're, we're shifting it. Well, when they, mm-hmm. then. My life will be. When and then, if and then, you know, that kind of stuff. And it's very powerless. It is powerless. And we always talk about your agency and your own power mm-hmm. and your own locus of control. Mm-hmm. So I just feel prickly when I see parts of my life where I've done that. Mm-hmm. It just feels so ugh to me. Yeah, which is interesting because as an eight in the Enneagram, you are one of the most action-oriented, face-life-head-on temperaments. I know, but the difficulty is for me as I give up area of control. Ah, <laughs> right. That's so what it is. It's the extremes. So it's finding the middle road of giving up control but not agency. right. And part of my agency is giving up control and not expecting the other person to rescue me right. or to rescue the relationship or the thing or right. whatever. So giving up control of other people. <clears throat> yeah. But what about changes within yourself? I guess that's the question, right? So escaping the spiral isn't easy. The first step is recognizing that you are self-sabotaging. Like, what are they? And recognizing that they're coping mechanisms to help you feel good in the moment, but they're actually holding you back. So they are the mountain. And it reminds me of the Dr. Cloud uh, 
you know, we love Dr. Henry Cloud. Dr. Henry Cloud's teaching on what's your wake. Hmm. Like what, like we can look at our self-sabotage behaviors by looking backwards. Mm-hmm. Where we have sabotaged relationships or where we have sabotaged job opportunities or financial power yeah. or whatever yeah. it might be. If we can look at the data yeah. again, yeah. like sit with the data. Mm-hmm. And be or, really honest. Or open the closet with all the unfinished projects. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Then we can go, this is where I'm self-sabotaging. Mm, that's really good. Yeah, that's about as clear as can be. So Brianna Weist, Weist suggests that um, you see the coping mechanisms for um, what they really are and make a list of all your problems. Oh, yeah. oh my gosh, that might be a very long Where's book. the legal pad, That's people? right. I would add, um, l- make a list of all the things you want to change in your life. <gasps> Write every single thing down, regardless of how realistic it is. Like all the things that you want to change in your life and be as specific and clear and honest as possible. And then write down the barriers that you feel are preventing you from making the change and don't hold back. You got to admit what's wrong. And data and you got to promise yourself you're not going to you're not going to let that stop you anymore. You you're not going to accept it anymore. You're not going to be the mountain anymore. So it can sound overwhelming and the reason why I say to do that whole list is that it's there's a cathartic part of being able to go my life sucks in these areas and I want to change it right and what's holding me back and yes there are things I have to surrender that out of my control but what are things that are within my control yeah and then look at that that legal pad list of things and just pick one I think I might need a flip chart okay (laughs) (laughs) and stickies all over the wall Yeah, get those flip charts that stick on the wall. Yeah, the so big you can visualize it, right? And just pick the one barrier that you're going to work on. Assess where you've been stuck because of self-sabotage and think about that unmet need or fear or emotion that's being neglected and how you've been distracting yourself, soothing yourself from facing how unhappy you really are about your current situation or the problem. And remembering that the goal, yeah. Remembering the the goal is you're no longer the mountain. Right. In that quest for a, a life of heft yeah. and a life of zest. Yes. And to live like like your dad did, you know, mm. to to the end of his days. Yeah. With this attitude yeah. that wasn't held back by his mental state of mind, his physical state of mind. Exactly. I, like he lived. He lived. Like so don't be your own mountain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because this is where we want to go to, people. That's right. And by the way, you may be feeling overwhelmed as we're talking here. Like you don't even know, how do I even begin to assess my life, let alone pick what it is? Hire a coach if you need to. Like that's the value of having somebody. If your life feels so chaotic and you can't even begin to start, have a coach walk with you who can ask the right questions. Yeah. And just walk you through it slowly and at the pace that you can handle and help you set reasonable goals and hold you accountable towards it. That's what we have to do. And please 
Don't use the excuse that you don't have enough time or money or energy, etc. Because you can just start small. Well, well, that's just all self-sabotage too. It is, isn't it? Because it's an excuse. It, instead of it's buying that Starbucks coffee yeah. every single day, save up the money and pay for a coaching session. Like, right. Just shift your priorities and let go of something else that might be draining your time or your money or energy. Exactly. Oh, man. Okay. Okay. Mountain, move Mountain. aside. <laughs> Mount Rushmore? <laughs> move aside. Okie dokie. Ah, thanks for tuning in. That's a big one. Yeah, it sure is. Take care, everybody. Take care. task mm-hmm. but because there's something else deeper so there's something deeper yeah so listeners what is it like yeah and so like deeper behind when it? we're talking about dreams i would also add the word longings mm-hmm. um in that um and when we talk about things that you've actions that you've been putting off it would also include what internal fears insecurities issues that yeah. is happening and that's actually going to go really well into our next episode which is going to be about self-sabotage the the question i just want to say this yeah because this is where i've been camping a little bit mm-hmm. um so this idea of longings i mm-hmm. uh, and i wonder if this is true of more than me i wonder if our fear of speaking our longings out mm-hmm. loud mm-hmm. is because it's also tied to well what if it doesn't come true mm. So that goes into risk. Yes. Like if I tell Risking you... Risking disappointment. Yeah. If I tell you my deep longings... Yeah. ...and they don't come true... Right. I've spoken them out loud. Okay, girl. That's a whole episode. I know. We are going to do that. I think that's, that is, yeah, really important for us to think about and talk yeah. about. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Well, I mean, this the is the whole thing. Well, thanks for looking your little brain. <laughs> See, it's not a little what... brain either. It's a big brain. <laughs> I know, lots of stuff going on there. But thanks for tuning in. And please do tune in next week because we are going to talk about self-sabotage and how we can move from self-sabotage to self-mastery and some of the things that could be holding us back. I like this. this, I like This life that matters. All right. Take care. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Fully Lived Life podcast. We hope you found it encouraging and helpful. Be sure to follow or subscribe so that you never miss a new episode. And if you enjoyed our show, please help spread the word by sharing with your friends and family and posting on your social media. Thanks for listening and tune in to our next episode.